Hey everyone, this is Aaron. And this is Colton. And welcome to Getting Whimsical. A podcast where we do just that. We talk about life. We talk about things. And we talk about more things. So if you're feeling blue or you're feeling bored, we're here to spread a little whimsy in the midst of your day. So once again, this is Getting Whimsical. A, a podcast, podcast for, for the people. So is Rotten Tomatoes an accurate indicator of how good a movie is? I think we've just proven that it's not. I don't no, know. I'm just kidding. We haven't proven anything. I was about to say, I don't know. I think first, um, I don't, I think first you have to define your terms, you know, argumenting 101. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of what, what is, we were talking what about. What is good. What, what we were term, talking about okay. before. Yeah. What makes a movie good? Yeah. yeah. What's the framework by which we measure? Mm-hmm. The, the standard of for me yeah, i think i think the movie. hardest part for this to me is is determining whether entertainment equals good kind of like what we were talking about earlier does yeah. inter- being entertained equal it was a good movie which is that's a, a question that's not which a, is yeah. yeah which is an interesting question because if you had to categorize film it would most it would fall under entertainment, entertainment mm. for sure but for anybody who goes to film school, for anybody who makes films, for anybody involved in that in that in that realm, it's not. Ju- it's way more than entertainment. Yeah. It's it's story. It's narrative. It's how can we. Wh- what story can we make that that is true and honest and that um, means something? Connects with people. You know? and Which mm-hmm. actually, I don't think every single film has that bent like there's no way michael bay and making transformers is out here thinking like yeah yeah you know what i'm saying but or fast and furious in his own way though i mean like he just likes things that blow up maybe you know really fast True. cars yeah, he yeah. Just likes explosions or i don't mean to defend michael bay <laughs> but <laughs> uh so i think that's what's what's tough about it yeah. is maybe the perspective from which you and 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 even a critic, because a critic's not a filmmaker producer, nor are they just an average moviegoer, you know. Yeah. So, how they view a movie and how they consume it, and appreciate a movie, is far yeah. different than than how a filmmaker will. Because, mm-hmm. you know, a guy who makes a film, pours everything into it, and he gets a sixty-seven on, yeah. you know, Rotten Tomatoes. Or like He's not it, thinking this movie is a sixty-seven percent. If you if you asked an actual movie critic after they came out of movie gave it a forty percent, if you asked them, so you weren't entertained at all, would they say no? Like you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. did you did at that point are you even going to be entertained? Or are you literally just going with a critical eye? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of like the the tension I feel when I try to think of it that way. I can just give you my biggest problem with Rotten Tomatoes in general is well uh, i would like to i would with? like to i would like to think uh i'd like to know what you think makes a movie good or unless unless you need to explain your take on rotten tomatoes which will give um make sense of your your definition of what i think it will okay. uh i i just my my biggest problem is that i feel like people uh it's a way for people not to think for themselves like i if I see a trailer for a movie, I don't need to look at the Rotten Tomatoes score to tell me whether I want to go see it. And I think a lot of people will look at the Rotten Tomatoes score and it keeps them from 
thinking for themselves on whether they think a movie is going to be good and they want to go see it. It interests them. Um, But that's, I mean, that's my biggest problem with it. I just, you can, it has a purpose. I would probably agree. Um, And like I said, um, I'm probably in the minority here, but you know, like um, for example, like last Jedi, when I saw the trailer, for example, I didn't even need to see that trailer. Right, I'm going to see the last Jedi. Yeah, yeah. See the trailer. I'm like, okay, cool. And then you know they're releasing. Oh, behind the scenes of the trailer. Oh, extended trailer. Uh, you know, it's like I don't even want to watch all that. I didn't watch all that. Right. In fact, I ran out of one movie theater that was playing the new preview of it. I walked out because I was like, I don't want to see this. I'm gonna mm-hmm. see the movie. I'm in. You know. And so like, I think we're in the minority. Peyton and I, where it's like we know we want to see something prior to the movie even coming out. Right. Um, but some people will, and you know, and it could be more. Which that f- is the last Jedi, so that, I mean that's true. But yeah, um, it sells itself. Okay, yeah, so First that, Man. Sure. I don't yeah. care about the reviews for First Man. I'm going to see it. Okay. You know, already I, yeah. saw it twice. Stuff like that. So that that okay, was just that the first example sense, that yeah. I thought of. But I think, and it might be more financially driven for people. You know, it's just hard to paint with these broad strokes. It's like, hey, if I only have the budget for one movie a month, you know, and it's like. What's good? Yeah. I I don't know. I want to make sure that I see something good, and you you know it might be financially driven. It's like right. I'm not going to waste my money. Um, but yeah, so I I I don't put a lot of stock into it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially now, like Peyton said, you know, it's like, you know, I'll, I'll look at it after, but I know prior to looking at Rotten Tomatoes what I thought of the movie myself. Mm-hmm. But most people's like, oh, did you like that movie? Hold on, let me look it up. Yeah. I just want to regurgitate what everyone else is saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it felt a little derivative of this other <laughs> franchise. It's like you right. don't freaking know. Yeah. <clears throat> you know. So. Well, um, and that, and that, but I also think that also comes from a root of not wanting to be looked down upon when it comes to your taste in movie. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to tell someone like, "Oh, I thought that movie was great." To have the rest of the room be like, "I got you." That movie is yeah. terrible. You know what I mean? Get a feel for how everyone exactly. else feels for exactly. It. Um, which I think is an easy tension to fall into because I'd say out of the four of us, I'm the least artistically driven when it comes to looking at a movie. Um, I, I would say I'm more than the average, but mm. definitely less than the group in here. Um, and so I, I can go to a movie and not think, like I was talking about earlier, I can think a movie was very entertaining, but look at it from more of a standpoint of like, yeah, I went, I had fun watching it. Would I go back and watch it again and pay 12 bucks to see it? No. But I'm glad I saw it because I was entertained and I don't feel like it was a waste of my... Now, there have been movies I went to like right. that. But not. it's not like, oh, that movie wasn't a life-changing movie. I'm, I'm not going to walk out of the being like, well, I just wasted my time. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. I think I think that's an easy trap to fall into, mm-hmm. especially with your when you're friends with people who are artistically driven by the art form of movie making. Mm-hmm. I've reached a point where I think there's a spectrum. I mean, obviously, there's a spectrum. I mean, that's kind of the the measuring scale on Rotten Tomatoes. But I I do think to a point, Rotten Tomatoes is accurate, and I will use it as a reference because I I've reached a point with movies where it has to be more than just simply entertaining for me. I don't want to waste two hours of my time on a movie that like it isn't realistic, isn't honest, just just like it just wants to make money. You know, I just I'm like that. It's a waste of my time. Um, it almost makes me feel bad about myself. <laughs> I'm like, mm. this this movie was a waste of time. Why would you go through all that trouble? Um, 
So I, but I think there's a spectrum. I think it's accurate to a degree. If a movie gets, I, I think under forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, ninety nine percent of the time, I think that movie is actually going to be a waste of time. It's not good. I okay, really. So do. this is one of my favorite examples. Then I'm going to tell you the score of this movie, mm-hmm. and then tell me if you think that you would have liked it or not, just okay. based on the scores that I read. Right. So this is one of my favorite movies of this year, the year that it came out, not this year, sorry. Yeah. The tomato score is 47. Mm-hmm. The audience score is 64. Okay. What movie do I think it is? No, don't would guess the movie, just it? saying, oh, would okay, you see it? looking at those scores, would you go see it? <sighs> this, is where, this, is where, well, this is where the second factor comes in. Okay. Ha, the, I think what you guys said about seeing the trailer... Gotcha. Can, can be enough grounds for yeah you making your decision, which I do that too for the most part. You know, um, there are things I see where I don't necessarily need to see the Rotten Tomato score. Um, so if you the, tra- if the trailer movie. was good enough, I would have gone seen it. You know, if it's Space Jam Two with LeBron James, it's most right. likely gonna suck, but yeah. I'm gonna go see it. You yeah. know, um, but if I see the trailer, and it's and, and I'm like okay, but then the Rotten Tomato scores is under a forty. There's a good chance I might I won't go see it, mm. you know. So that was Book of Eli. Wow, which I th- and it got forty seven percent, which I think is amazing. Yeah, I and think it's, it's a great like movie. Forty seven percent critics hated it, which I have my own theories about why they hated it. Yeah, but it's, it's a really unique movie, and that's why I say and it, the. the there's a whoa 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 forty seven. <laughs> right. That's why I think there's a spectrum though, and it, I t- I'm telling you I I really it's like super nuanced, but I truly think this is how it is. In between that four, 40 and sixty scale, like it can be either really good or really yeah. bad. If it's under forty, it's probably just really bad, and then if it's above sixty, it's all it's like all relative almost. What I what I think is interesting is there are a lot of critics and I'm sure there's probably like movie. I think Mar- like Avengers would probably be a good one. We can reference here, but when the audience score is really, really high, but the critic score is really, really low. What's your guys take on that? Because I feel like everyone loves Avengers, right? Like especially the new one. Infinity War, in my opinion, was really, really good. I loved it. But I think at least I know Peyton isn't a big fan. I don't even know if you saw it, but I did see it. You did see it, so I I know you're not. You're like, eh, whatever. That's more based on the style of movie that it is, though. That's yeah. it's not. I mean, there are definitely elements, specific things in that movie I didn't like, but um, I I just don't like the. Uh, I'm not a big fan of comic book movies in general. I don't think they're. I don't know. That's just a that's mm-hmm. just a subjective thing, you know. Yeah, I think when the critics' score is low and the audience is high, that can to me that either says that it's it's not a quality film, but people were entertained by it, right? I.e., the Meg, yeah, Venom, stuff like that, skyscraper. Um, yeah, <laughs> right. So it's like, um, that's that's what it says to me first and foremost. It's like. Well, you know, the critics go in, like Aaron said, it's like, they're just looking for stuff to get mad about. It's like, well, the plot was very predictable, and, uh, you know, and it's like, yeah, it's a shark movie. (laughs) There's going to be a shark in it, and then it's going to eat stuff. It's like, 
how unpredictable do you want it to be? Like, yeah, right. so I think that's what it says first and foremost to me. It's like the average person will walk out and be like, that was fun. That's cool. what I expected. And yeah, then yeah. the critics were like, I feel like I've seen that movie before. <laughs> have you guys heard of Jaws? You know, and it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, we have. We've seen it. <laughs> we also weren't entertained by the Meg, you know, so that's what it says to me. But. Okay. And that's, and that's, what is interesting to me is what, what because even cri- critics disagree on how good a movie is, you know. So there's so much nuance, there's so much uh, variety of opinion, you know. Few movie like there are very few movies that come out every year that everyone's like, objectively like, yes, this is a great film, instant classic, whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's like, this is why I know film is more more art than anything because this is how art is it's all the interpretation is always subjective abstract to the, yeah to the consumer so which is why so it's hard for me to say like for someone to be able to say this but i do think there's good art you know i do think that's true i think there's objectively good art and then i think there's objectively bad art but yeah. i also think there's a spectrum in between that's like there's a lot of great that no one can define area. no one yeah, did can you guys define. see did you guys see the revenant Yes. Oh my gosh! Yeah, the that was a visceral two, movie. The two-hour-long montage of Leo ca- crawling. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see that? Yeah. 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 So I thought it. So was, that didn't do it for you. I thought it was like so boring, like, but that's where it would like, be. Like, you think it was slow? Yeah, and that's not even like a. That's not a problem for me in most movies. Like, I like slow burners. You know, like so, like that's not a common thing where I walked out and I'm like, that was slow. You know, but this one. It, I, for whatever reason, I thought it was so boring. Really? But most people do say that is an objectively like beautiful movie, yeah, I which I wouldn't s- even disagree with. I was going to say you don't like how it's shot or the way it looks or anything like it's that? It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's great. But if I wanted to go look at a campfire, I would just go build one myself. <laughs> if I wanted to go look at trees, I would just go outside. If I wanted to go get mauled by a bear, I'd just I go just, outside and I, get mauled by yes, a bear. right. So it's or like, fight with Indians. I don't need... Well, but, I can do that too. But I mean, that's <laughs> that's a mostly true story. I get That doesn't it. do it for you either? This is boring. I, it's, it literally and, and is that's, him that's, crawling And that's hours. where the entertainment factor comes Definitely. in. Definitely. You have to... So I think there's this weird balance between entertainment and... But everyone loved and, that movie on Rotten Tomatoes, and I didn't. Like, I feel so. cold at the end of that movie. Like I feel cold. I actually, while saw watching it in a forty <laughs> theater, so I was cold. <laughs> when I watched the, I mean, the the bear attack scene was, I mean that that was visceral. That right. was like, I I am scared. Like I'm like I don't ever want to be around a bear again. Like you know what I mean? I Have just, you been around a lot of bears? It just felt life? so <laughs> real. It felt so. But his his performance was also incredible. But. Yeah, I think that's one of his first Academy Award for that. Yeah, and it's not his most deserving one, but at that point, I think was, most people would agree with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just like, well, he needs one. This was good. Let's right, go, let's give it to him. He yeah. spat a it's lot. It's like a makeup call. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Good. Is that a sound, direct that's soundbite? A good soundbite. <laughs> I mean, loop it yeah. for an hour, and you're watching The Revenant. That's yeah. a really good impression. <laughs> but at its core, I mean, it is a great story. I think. Uh, it's more than just a revenge story, you mm-hmm. know. I think uh, survival. Yeah, and you've got like the father and son relationship, interracial relationship. You know, there's a lot of things in there. Yeah, I, 
yeah, it's I th- boring. I, you love hating Tom Hardy that, in that movie, you know? That's true. You really love hating him in that movie. It's great. That's I what's loved, interesting. I love hating though. him in Venom. <laughs> For a different reason. Gosh. <laughs> that's what's interesting, though, is there are movies like that that I think are objectively good, but I watch it, and I'm like, I see why everyone loves this movie, but honestly, it it just feels dull to yeah. me. Like, did you see Fences with Denzel Washington? No, I did not. It's one of those movies. Uh, first of all, it's like a super over the head type of like. It got like a ninety-eight on Rotten Tomatoes, and I think I, I sat there and watched it. Probably and went, I don't understand what just ha- what I just watched. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, probably the political cl- the political yeah. climate around it too. The cultural yeah. climate is what can elevate a movie. Yeah, absolutely. And there, I mean, there's a lot of yeah. So it's one of those things where. I'm sure movie critics were like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That like, talk about this, anything this. racial right now. Yeah. And it's like, and make a, you know, make a point. Mm-hmm. And it's like, literally, at least for the left. And then that, that movie that just came out, it's called The Hate You Give. Yeah. It's called The Hate Letter You Give, just because they wanted Thug to be the acronym. The acronym. Like, The Hate oh, wow. Ooh Give, just because they wanted the poster to say Thug. And I'm just like, ugh. It's it's so it's so silly. In an if you look at it a certain way, honestly, I feel like it can be very demeaning for the, the and people are just trying to make money off of what's yeah. happening socially. Yeah, and that's I don't I mean you can only really talk to the the filmmakers for their motive, but like taking advantage of what's happening. I don't know if that's what they're doing, but right. taking advantage of what's happening socially There's to no make money. That's a. I think that's a problem. Have you guys seen it yet? No. Let's check the score. Real and listen, ninety-eight. I hate cultural insensitivity. Ninety-eight. There's only one thing only I hate more. And soggy, soggy socks. socks. Exactly right. But I hate cultural insensitivity. It has, Sag- a, it has a soggy, on soggy yeah, jeans with sure a close second. It had a ninety-eight. Um, Crazy Rich Asians had like a ninety-eight too. Yeah, I saw that. One other thing. One other point I'll make about Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I have a. Th- I have nothing to back this up. I have nothing to back this up. This is a conspiracy type theory. So I have a sneaking suspicion that Blockbuster Studios, big studios, will pay people to review their movies right or good, give people Mm. good reviews. I think that people that have the money for it, I think that happens quite a bit. And that's another reason why I I don't think I can trust Rotten Tomatoes, at least critic score, you know. I think the critic score can be skewed sometimes. Did I think you say people the same are being thing paid. about stuff like Metacritic then. Yeah, I, I, any meta, any score. Yeah. I uh 96 had 96. Crazy Rich Asians. No, the hate you give. Oh, the hate you give. At the end of the day though, I mean there's just there's relativity. There's there's or subjectivity in movies because it's art. Like sure. I think that's just what it comes down to. You know, there there's spectrums by which you can, you know, at least say this falls in the good spectrum. This movie's in the bad spectrum for the most part. Like Point Break is the right. new one is an absolutely, absolutely awful film. It's, it's so yeah, bad. It's really bad. You know, um, so that has to be in there. So, but I, I feel like you got to take every every score with a massive grain of salt because it is subjective. You know, there's plenty of movies that each three of you guys will like that I won't, mm-hmm. you know, and vice versa, you know, and, yeah. and it might be a great movie. It might win awards, but, um, it's not my, it's not going to be, but there is something to that. I mean, objectively 
almost uh, most of the movies I pulled out of my box were highly rated, and I think they're good movies. Mm. So there's some correlation there. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I'm saying. There's a spectrum. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that we should use that to kind of segue into our next like because before we talked, we talked you know pick your three favorite movies and let's see where they kind of line up on. Did you guys all do that? Like went and looked up your three favorite movies. I did. Yeah. Let's We've let's, already done one of mine though. So That's fine. We can just kind of go back over. So, let's just go through three favorite movies. It's like I know my three favorite movies will be so good. Like we'll have great scores. Yeah. Right. Well, I yeah. Let's like just kind no of see the do, correlation. Like, anyone, like just don't do Star Wars, Harry yeah. Potter, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> like, I would never mm-hmm. ever do Lord of the Rings. So. Yeah. You don't like Lord of the Rings? It's fine. Wow. Yeah, he's not a Lord of the Rings fan. That's a hot take. It is. I, I mean, mean I, like it's fair. I, I don't I'm I don't think between. I've ever I'm met I don't think I've ever met anybody that that watched Lord of the Rings and didn't really like it. I mean, it's okay. I'm Hello, not saying you my have name's to. Jake. I just <laughs> Yeah, it's just a bad. I don't know, it's just I I don't really generally like like medieval type stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what uh, don't get me wrong, it has a lot of fiction or sci-fi like fantasy elements in it too, but mm-hmm. it's like axes and yeah. right? wizards and Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. I don't know why. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, Jake, what's your first movie? The first movie that I looked up that was one of my favorites of all time would be Prisoners, with Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman and yep. Paul Dano. Great movie, actually. I've never seen uh, it. I freaking loved it. You've it's, never seen that? Mm-mm. And Jake Gyllenhaal is one of my favorites. For anyone that even is close to knowing me, knows that I love Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, the tomato meter is 81% and the audience is 87. So that kind of correlates with, I'd probably actually rate personally, I'd rate it a nine or a little bit higher. So, yeah. Hmm. Um, dead post society. So I, I really love that movie. I think it probably, f- I think it's an incredible movie. It's a nine out of 10 for me. So I think it should be 90%. Let's see what, um, Ryan's man is says, but, yeah, it gave it an eighty four percent audience score of ninety two percent. So, well, the difference fa- in you're there, fairly, yeah. Which e- e- even then, it's like eighty four percent. You know what is why what separates it in the eighties from the nineties? You know, so that's interesting. But no doubt, um, one of my favorite movies is called Children of Men, mm. um, and it has a ninety two on tomato meter, eighty five percent. Uh, audience score would you say out of 100 you'd give it higher no i'd say 92 is probably pretty accurate i think uh i mean talk about talk about that one shot for a second just for a long shot that will appreciate it so in this movie kind of along the vein of found footage there's a lot of handheld camera in this movie um which can add a lot of intimacy and a lot of tension yeah which it does in this depending on the type of scene right uh clive owen is in this movie, which he's not in a ton of stuff. Um, but I think he's kind of an underrated actor. But So there's a, about a f- seven-minute one-shot in this movie that follows them. With as, action. With action, yes. with lots yeah. of action. Tanks going by, things blowing up, um, bullets hitting, you know. Everything has to go right. You know, the squibs have to go off at the right time. The, you know... Uh, the camera has to move and the cameraman can't trip. <laughs> Sim- yeah. Simple things like that, you know. Um, 
but it also conveys a great um while it does give you tension it also um is a main part of the story like there's a there's someone being saved in that scene you know mm-hmm. and it's all captured in one shot you know start to finish, if one thing goes minutes. wrong it's gone yeah. and it's not just the technical aspect that's in, incredible to me is i didn't even realize it when i was watching it i didn't i didn't think it was one shot mm-hmm. until after mm-hmm. until i saw the cut i was like wow that was one shot yeah you know but that movie is really great i like that movie and there's probably not a ton of people that have seen it, so I would suggest watching mm-hmm. it. I yeah. haven't. I've definitely not seen it. Um, one of my favorites, classic. I love, I'm a big Forrest Gump fan. Mm. Nice. Mm. Did not get a great review. 72. Mm. Really? Critics. Yeah. Um, 95 by audience. Yeah. See, that's crazy. So I mean, 72. Mean I, I, I would definitely. I would. Yeah, it's definitely at least a nine out of ten for me. Mm. I. It's one of those movies that I can watch over and over and over and like. Isn't that just crazy? Enjoy too? it. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. And it's a and big studio too, you know. Right? That should With be way big time than name. Like t- someone Tom Hanks. And it's not like 72's bad, but yeah. it's also like Well, they just didn't have the budget to pay enough critics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. My second one that I looked up was the Aaron Sorkin um Steve Jobs. So, um if anyone hasn't seen that, it's the It's a great well, movie. Michael Fassbender. Yeah, it's the Michael Fassbender Aaron If you Sorkin like dialogue, yeah. Good witty dialogue. Um so I'd probably give that a a nine, maybe. Um, and it's got an eighty six from critics and a seventy three from audiences. So and and mm-hmm. just real quick, if anyone has or hasn't and is thinking about it or wants to hear my thoughts about it, I would say the the Aaron Sorkin Steve Jobs, Michael Fassbender version is a better movie, more entertaining. Um, but the Ashton Kutcher version is a more accurate portrayal of Right. Steve Jobs as a person. Yeah, because the um, one with Fassbender, there's a lot of accurate conversations, mm-hmm. but they didn't take place when they did in the movie. Right, and he and he doesn't look a lot like Steve Jobs right. at the beginning. Like right. the first act, he doesn't look like Steve Jobs. Second yeah. act, he doesn't look like Steve Jobs. He pulled off old Steve Jobs really well. Yeah. But if you've seen the Ashton Kutcher one, oh my god, he walks yeah. he walks out and does the like the iPod keynote and. It, I was I get I'm having I have goosebumps right now like literally look at I have goosebumps right now just thinking about because he's dead when they made right. it and it felt like you were seeing and he just him. died when that one came out right yeah mm-hmm. and it felt like you were seeing him again and that was just it Ashton Kutcher did a great job movie wasn't great but he did a really good job yeah, yeah. uh I've got uh, Interstellar is one of my I love that movie so much and it's really good Smurf. and I think it I think it. You know, it, so when we say our favorite movies, we all think these should be nine out of ten movies. You know what I mean? So, but it got a seventy-one percent. Mm. So, hmm. uh, weird. What's the, what was what's the audience, the audience? Uh, hold on. Um, oops, I accidentally pulled up. Josh, Josh we'll ask you Josh again. Didn't. Tell us when you find it. Yeah, found it. What's the audience score? Uh, it's eighty-five percent. So, mm. I mean, better, but yeah, it's a seventy-four Metacritic too. Which is it's just interesting. I don't. I think a lot of people's qualm with it is the third act, and if yeah, if you're not buying into yeah. the science fiction yeah. part of that movie, you're gonna be like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is too because it's pretty ground grounded in reality up until that point. I mean, yeah. a lot of it's grounded in theory, theory of relativity, you Black know, and stuff theory. like that. But wormhole stuff, you know, in the third act, that none of that's yeah, none of that's based, none of that's based together. <laughs> so I think. 
I it didn't bother me, but I think that's where a lot of mm-hmm. like the critics sure. will come and be like, "Well, how? What's the theory behind love transcending time?" And mm-hmm. there isn't. Yeah. It's yeah. like, <laughs> but and I think that's true. What Anne Hathaway says in that scene is true. I mean, I you can love people that are dead. Mm-hmm. You know, you've, it's something that you can feel. Now, whether that's a dimension, right, I don't think yeah. it's a dimension, but I think it's. Uh, it I don't think it's a disconnect. It's a dimension, but you can only get to that dimension if you have dementia. <laughs> <laughs> You've forgotten <It's>, everything <laughs> else. You can only remember the people you love. It's really, I mean, it's really metaphysical, though, and that's why I think uh, it might not be intellectually mm. satisfying enough for some people who right. are, you know, naturalists or. So big, that's or that's a good point. Uh, that's why I love the show Lost. And I know a lot of people hate that show because of the ending. Um, I don't know how many people finished it, but Lost is one of my favorite shows because it is so spiritual and metaphysical and mm-hmm. there's not a definite ending, but I'm the type of person that doesn't necessarily want something spelled out for me. You know? Yeah. Especially it's like, I think, I think the philosophy behind it is something you can't really reject per se like you can't not reject you can't say it's not like accurate you know like love transcending dimensions and there being an uh, you know this uh fifth dimension or fourth i don't know whatever um where time and space don't exist but like love brings them all together like it's it's fun to philosophize to theorize Sure. And you can't necessarily say that it couldn't be possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't get. I mean, I mean, none of Star Wars is possible. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Well, it's actually it was a long time ago. So oh, I guess that's true. Maybe that's it did true. happen already. Galaxy far, far away. We've okay, my t- should I go wait. To, should I go to my? Does movie? does the opening credit say a long time ago? Yeah. Yeah. A long time ago in a galaxy far away. Okay, yeah. I didn't know if it was in a galaxy. Far Are you a Star Wars fan? I'm kidding, dude. I know, dude. But <laughs> you make one mistake and grilled. hit someone with your car. And all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, my second movie is Saving Private Ryan. Um, uh, I think it's pretty much obje- objectively a classic, and I yeah. think people would regard it. Although I have one, and Private Ryan fans will know this well: it did not win Best Picture that year. Uh, Shakespeare in Love won Best Picture that year. And uh, Private Ryan fans are not happy about that. <laughs> Still to this day, yeah. but uh, the tomato meter on that is ninety-three percent. The audience score is ninety-five percent. Yeah, and I would agree with both of those numbers probably. I saw it once in theaters. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, because I was so young. Yeah, that I was don't ninety-eight. Think that's something that I, yeah, so probably. Uh, not. I saw it once as well in Mr. Finley's shop class. In Whoa! My junior high Did it change your life? It changed my life. Okay. Mr. Finley, shout out. Me and Colton back. actually just watched that last week. Darn! I wanted to watch it again. Yeah. It was, it's crazy. It's so man. gruesome. It's crazy. The, it just is. the opening sequence. Isn't Vin Diesel in that? He is. Really? The sniper scene is the mm-hmm. only thing I remember. Yeah. Which first man? Has Vin Diesel. <laughs> no. It's a sniper so scene. <laughs> it's so subtle, but he's just floating across space at one point. Like, is that Vin Diesel? He's in the guard well, from Saving Private he's, Ryan. He's Groot. 
you know. True. Right. So he's but, somewhere out there. <laughs> but uh, the the feeling that you get in the opening sequence of First Man, in a lot of ways, was similar to how how I felt in Saving Private Ryan, the first scene. Mm-hmm. Now, Saving Private Ryan, the opening scene is like a way more gruesome, but right. Um, like the brutality, the intensity is still the same. The brutality of it, but is different. But the intensity w- mm. felt very similar, and that's why I was like, Whew. "Go see First Man." Go see First Man. It's amazing. Have you seen it, Aaron? I have not yet. I don't have a movie pass anymore, and I'm I don't have money to spend. So it's like, if you've seen, if you don't know what First Man is, we haven't explained it yet. It's a new movie with Ryan Gosling where he plays Lance Armstrong. <laughs> Ooh, do it again. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Lance Armstrong, Ooh, live strong. Now he's doesn't get caught for blood doping in that movie. Ah, naturally, first man not to be caught. <laughs> <laughs> he plays Neil Armstrong just for it. Yeah, no, sorry. Confused at this point. Um, my next movie. I, I'm I'm a big superhero movie guy. I'm Dark Knight. Absolutely great choice. Absolutely love. Yeah. This All, not only, definitely my favorite superhero movie. Top, top five like favorite favorite movies. Love it. It feels and in this in this um, I don't know like it's it's and, I mean it, I don't say I mean or I don't mean politically or racially. I'm just saying like in this like climate of the entertainment industry. Yeah, it almost feels like insulting to call it a superhero movie. Yeah, that's yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, right. right. Like that's how good it is mm-hmm. and. I was well, watching, it doesn't yeah. follow. It doesn't follow the steps of superhero movies yeah. we see now. Right. Yeah. I watched a video on it. Uh, somebody was saying how it started the dark, gritty mm-hmm. superhero thing that people are trying to do, mm. like DC is trying to do. But the problem is everyone's failing at it yeah. compared to Dark Knight. So we get a lot of these bad, like Justice League. I think <sighs> is objectively a bad movie. Mm. So I think bad. it's a, a generally known. But bad they're going movie. for that darker, gritty thing that I feel like very few filmmakers could pull off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think one of the struggles too that they have is they try to add humor into the darkness of it, and like the humor you see in Dark Knight isn't like blatant humor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like lots of it's just kind of like it's a witty thing. Yeah, that it's like Alfred a witty, might say or something yeah. like that. But like in like Justice League, you have like they say these blatantly like humorous things, and you're like, it seems like you're just trying to throw humor in to throw humor in. Yeah. It's almost like it's like a almost weird. Almost like Venom, point. huh? See, I thought Venom was hilarious. I thought Justice League was funnier than Venom. No way. That's oh. crazy. Yeah. That's wild. But then again, humor is relative too. Yeah. So. That's true. Somewhat. Uh, Jacob, I just I was just gonna switch it up in genre for my third one, um, Hot Rod. <laughs> yeah. Which and before you say this, this is where I find this is where I find critic scores getting interesting is how you. How you rate comedy? Yeah, you know, uh-huh. because Anchorman to me is the funniest movie of all time. Yeah. But for some people, it's like, ah, eh, doesn't really get me going. Yeah. And then, you know, some people find Napoleon Dynamite to be the most hilarious. Or movie Nacho. Of all time. Or Nacho. Yeah. And or Monty like, Python. Yeah. 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 So, Monty Python. And it's and really interesting. Like Dumb and Dumber got you know low yeah. scores. So and it's like what? Personally. Uh, just a quick shout out to all the comedians out there. That's why I think it takes it, it takes a lot of bravery and courage to to pursue being like mm-hmm. a comedic actor or stand up comedian because humor is so hard. Well, like, they say it's the hardest. It's being a stand up is yeah, one of the hardest. If someone's crying and you feel bad for them, you're empathizing with them. They're good at it. 
Yeah. It's that easy to. Yeah. Oh wow, that that moved me. They're good. They tell a joke, you're like, meh. Right. That doesn't mean they're bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just it's so tough, and so um, I think, and my hot rod experience was really funny. I you know I'm kind of an early adopter to the Andy Samberg Lonely Island yeah. crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, so me and uh, my friend went and saw Hot Rod in theaters, and there were two people in the theater, me and him. Oh, my god! So, like, you know, it's just one of those things. And it has a 40% from critics. See, that's crazy. And a, only a 65 from audiences. Really? I think that would be higher. That would probably – I would classify that as one of my favorite comedies for sure. Yeah. And I think a big part of comedy for me, and just based on my worldview and, you know, my personal convictions – it has to be accessible to everyone to be really funny yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. It like I could watch Hot Rod with my mom. I could watch Hot Rod with you guys. Yeah. And I could watch Hot Rod with Jet, and it would be funny. Yeah. The same level. To, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I think it's much more clever to be. You don't have to be super clean necessarily. Right. I just mean to use vulgarity or dirtiness as a crutch yeah. to get laughs. I yeah. think is not as clever as, you know, and it's silly. Like, it's silly humor. Again, you have to For like sure. silly humor. But and, I think it's more creative that way. It, I wonder how much of that audience score is is split between generations. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't till I, I Honestly, Napoleon Dynamite probably played a part in it. But um, the, awk, the awkward, uh, unorthodox, not slapstick. Yeah. Um, more comedy? situational based yeah. and didn't wasn't really uh, a thing until like I, I mean if you can name another movie before Pol- Napoleon Dynamite like that at least the awkwardness of it mm. um, that you know if you can name another movie before that movie that, that did something along the lines I'd, I'd be like okay but did Hot Rod um, come th- out it's a relatively movie? recent development I feel like so I feel like younger generation probably loves Hot Rod. Mm-hmm. The older generation is going to be like, it's it's like, what's going on here? You uh, know? Napoleon Dynamite was 2004. Yeah. Hot Rod was 2007. I, I agree with you. I think. Um, and I would that's also something add like, sorry, that's something like Kyle. Yeah, you know, Kyle We Mooney. think he's hilarious. Yeah. And then he doesn't, his skits get cut from SNL because yeah. they know it's just like, it's not going to resonate yeah. with him. Or, yeah. Um, you show like a Kyle video. Kyle Mooney is who we're talking about. He's on SNL. Um, you show a Kyle video to a certain person and they hate it. You know, mm-hmm. they're not going to like any of his other stuff. Yeah. But I would say about Hot Rod, uh, there's a lot of 80s references in Hot Rod. And I would think that like when he's punch dancing, you know, to an 80s song, his wardrobe is 80s themed. You know, he um, there. Uh, there's something else I was Hulk thinking Mania of. Shirt. I, mean, I was thinking of something else, but what was it? The entire soundtrack. The probably. soundtrack, yeah. Um, that scene where they're like walking through the seat, the streets, and they start like a flash mob. Yeah. That song is '80s, you know. Yeah. So you think Chris that Parnell's trying to revive AM radio? Right. It's pretty 80s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'd think that older people would think those are funny because they lived through that yeah. time, but yeah, I th- yeah. maybe it was just because there was a bunch of kids, you know. Yeah, it's a I don't know. It's interesting to think about what com- what was comedy like, you know, in the forties. Like it was just so different. Um, okay, I couldn't find this one. Wouldn't pull it up for me on Rotten Tomatoes. La La Land. I what, got it. It wouldn't for some reason. So tell it, us your thoughts while I look it up. 
Uh, I mean, it's one of my favorite movies. I love it. I think in terms of musicals, it's... 91%. Boom. From See, Crimes. and I think that's deserving. 81 from audience. Yeah. Same director as First Man. So if you liked La La Land, go see First Man. Mm-hmm. Damien Chazelle. There are less songs, but it's still good. There are some songs. There are less, though. They're subtle, though. He whispers them. <laughs> <laughs> when he's in moments of crisis. So why did you like it so much? Uh, I mean... You'd give it a 9? I'd give it a 10. This honestly. was your This was your third... Top movie? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'd give it a 10. I think uh, the choreography was great. I thought um, the the visual the visuals were stunning. His use of color in the movie I thought was really beautiful. Um, they used uh, a lot of... Um, like the, the dance. I forgot the song already, but when they dance... Um, after leaving the party, and um, it's just them two under the street lights. Gotcha. When um, she's looking for that's, her car. Yeah, that's natural lighting. All of that. So that's really impressive to me. They waited for like the perfect night to do that. Um, so uh, yeah, I think visually it's stunning. I think the choreography is great. I love the music. I love um, kind is of. Is it the this one? Yes. Right. Yep. I mean, it, it's this right here. Yeah, but I think this is it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. A lovely night. So, I mean, I just think it's visually stunning. I think uh, great acting. Um, Emma Stone and Gosling just work really well. Together. I felt like it... The Griffith Observatory scene is great. I felt like it... Uh, Floating all mm-hmm. of a sudden. Did justice to jazz, too. And I'm not... A, I don't know. I'm not, like, a jazz historian. But make jazz great again. Uh, no joke. But so, yeah, I thought I just thought for for various reasons. And, and the it, critics agree with you. And it had a, and it had a modern appeal too. You know, some musicals don't necessarily. Some felt like s- musicals, uh, generally like were only appreciated by at least most musicals I saw before that were like musicals that were only appreciated by. Theater. Art people. Art people, Mm -hmm. you know? And growing up, I didn't really love musicals, you know? But there'd be people who are just, how can you not love this? This is amazing. I'm like, I don't know. But it it felt like it brought some more of a modern appeal to it that... um, I'd like to watch it again. I've only seen it one time. It's awesome. I love it. And and it's a great story. It's a great story. It doesn't... Oh, my gosh. What I love is it doesn't... It's not predictable. And it doesn't give you that... Ribbon bow yeah. thing at like the end, like a Spielberg you know? exactly doesn't give exactly. you a Spielberg ending, exactly. And that you know, just real quick on a side note, that's also why I love a lot of John Green novels, and and like I think Paper Town. <laughs> you remember that one time we watched Paper Towns, Peyton? Yeah. Um, With is that Nat or Alex Wolf? It's uh, Nat. I think. I yeah, think yeah, it's Nat. Nat. It's I'm a Nat. Naked Brothers fan, so but I remember that's watching those little kids on Nickelodeon. Part of the reason I love the uh, movies like that because it's it's a whimsical shout out, um, but it's also not necessarily Podcast predictable. Um, it, it it's uh, it's honest to a degree that, that I appreciate. Seeing? Paper Towns. I don't think you'd like it, but I. I 
I don't know. It's a resounding no from okay. Peyton. All right. The book is great. I didn't even the books utter are great. the words no. It's not worth it. I hope they come out with a movie for uh, John Green's novel, Looking for Alaska, because that is an incredible book. And I can uh, pull up a map right here and show you. Yeah, <laughs> it's right here. This quadrant. Page 12 of your atlas. There's Alaska. There it is. Okay. What's yours? Uh, my third movie. I, hope I it's feel just like a steaming hot pile of garbage. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Spider-Man Three. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think hey. of a bad movie on that spot. Uh, so I feel like I had to put a Nolan movie mm. in there because he's my favorite. Oh, okay, let me guess. Let me guess. You know what it is. I said Interstellar. It's Nolan. I know. Oh. For it's you. Not I feel like I it? had to put one in there. It's oh, not, okay. It's not Interstellar. Is Mine. It? Is it no. Dunkirk? No, it's not. Hmm. Uh, the Prestige. Oh yeah. Wow. 2006. Um, the tomato meter is 75%. The audience score is 92%. Isn't Christian Bale in that? Christian Bale's in that. Yeah. I'm a, okay, I'm a, I'm a big Christian Bale fan. I love Christian Bale. Have you seen The Prestige? I've well, saw, I saw it once a while ago. Same. I saw it in theaters, and then I was the like, that was really good. Never yeah, saw it again. Same. The reason I love that movie is I could, I've seen it probably eight or nine times now, and it's still good every time I watch mm. it. It's yeah. still worth watching every time. Great movie. Hugh Jackman. I'm a big Hugh Jackman. And, and the, uh, Christian the, Bale. The numbers agree with you? Well, or are they a little low no, for you? Seventy-five percent, oh, I feel okay. like, is low for a critic score on that movie. It's a period movie. David Bowie's in it. He plays Nikola Tesla, which is really cool. He's great in it. How is Tesla? Andy Serkis is in it. He plays Gollum, Lord of the Rings. I mean, there's a lot of great talent hmm. in that movie. Hmm. Um, but I think seventy-five is really low for critic score. Mm-hmm. My final movie after you said. I, w- I want to do a comedy as well, so I, I decided to stick with it. School of Rock. Mm. Oh my mm. gosh, it's so good. <laughs> Honestly, I love that movie. such an incredible movie. <laughs> I think Jack Black is the comedy that America needs, not what we deserve. Mm-hmm. Kind of going off the dark night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stick with that. Jack Black is a national treasure. I love that man. He's, he's so in, funny. He's in that? He's in yeah. National Treasure? The third one, I think. <laughs> Holy crap. He walks by. I He's think. wearing a Nicolas Cage skin suit. Though. Yeah. What do they yeah. do in the third one? They find George Washington frozen in ice <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah. What's the? What are the numbers? Um, I think the. <laughs> what would you give it, real quick? George Washington. <laughs> I'd give it ninety-five. In terms but of they comedy, have to put lemon juice. I'd give it ninety-five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the critics gave it a ninety-one. Wow. So it did well. Um, yeah, I'm trying to see. Let's rock. Let's rock. Give me today. a platform. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched a making rock. of uh, documentary on that movie the other day. It's on YouTube. It's really good. And I want to find out what the audience score is. I feel like it may have even been higher. I'm not having any luck finding it. That's so what one thing that when my brother comes to my shows, he always yells out in between songs. He goes, "School of Rock." Because Ned Schneebly's like not sure about yelling it at the end. Yeah. He's like, School of Rock. School of Rock. Doesn't his voice crack? <laughs> yeah. yeah. A little bit. His voice cracks the entire Rock. It's awesome. It, it got a 64 audience score. Now that's, that's weird crazy. To me. That that's is nuts. Insane. It is weird because everyone I, I meet that loves That's insane. The that songs. Are what's so the prize? Good. What's the prize? Yeah. You're tacky and I hate you. <laughs> You're tacky and I hate you. It's yeah, Isaac Minnelli. It's really good. You're fat. <laughs> All right, that's enough. You're fat uh, and you have body odor. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence, what a legend. Yeah, I would probably Those kids are so you. talented. Too. I know. They're so good. Yeah, that's crazy. And I think that's a perfect casting, too, 
because one Jack Black's awesome and funny. That's yeah. what I mean by awesome. Um, but his musical background mm-hmm. just adds validity to the whole character. Yeah. I think you know. Well, that movie doesn't happen without Jack Black. Oh, absolutely. Like not. they had the script for a long time, and they just couldn't get anybody to really? do it. You well, know? and I, and I feel like half the humor in the movie is from. Jack Black just being yep. Jack Black, yeah. like his just his mannerisms, his you know what I mean, yeah. just like him mouthing and honestly, some of the best part of the movie is the end credits. I don't know if you guys have yeah. ever watched through the end credits, yeah. but it's yeah. just a video of them playing yeah, the in a house. Jamming. It's just great. It's amazing. Yeah, I think uh, that's one thing I always say is like when someone's like offers us a gig or something, I'm like, how much is the gig? <laughs> I mean, right, how much is the job? Because yeah. <laughs> that's what he says when they call him on the phone. <laughs> Gut busting, <laughs> drum solo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good pick. <laughs> so I thought um, what we could do to wrap it up too is just say movies to look out for. I don't know when this episode will be coming out, but mm. some that we are good. looking forward yeah. to. Got to get the word out, man. Because there's a lot of blockbuster for, for, movies. I, I know my first spotlight. one right now. Okay. I know my first one right now. And personally, real quick for me, just to, as a shareholder and a member, <laughs> I want to give a shout out to MoviePass. <laughs> I know a lot of people are for hating surviving. on you right now, but for me, you, you've actually saved me like 600 or $700. <laughs> Raise your hand if you still have MoviePass. All of you out there better be raising your hand. I raised my hand. I also have um, You still have it? I do. I didn't know that. But yeah, so I... Uh, for me. The, what's the first one? Mid-90s? I don't know. Why. Yeah, that was what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, mid-90s, for those who are Which interested, deal? is uh, written and directed by Jonah Hill. It's his first movie. Um, first movie directing and writing. Uh, it is essentially, um, as the title suggests, about a period in the mid-90s, um, about a couple of kids who um, are just part of our skaters and... Um, uh, I don't remember the main character's name, but just kind of through the lens of one of the... Oh, it's Stevie. Mikey, Stevie. Stevie, yeah, yeah. Um, through the lens of Stevie's eyes uh, as he navigates being a kid in the mid-90s and being a skater. and Between his troubled home life and a group of new friends. Yep. And, yeah, I'm su- I haven't seen it yet. Super excited to see I it. I would add that one to my list as well. Just so I, heard it, I heard it was really well received at, um, I think, the Toronto Film Festival. So, Jake, do you want to do yours? Um, do you have one? Not yet. Okay, I've got one. Um, November 16th, At Eternity's Gate is the title of this movie. Um, it's about Vincent Van Gogh in his life. Uh, Willem Dafoe is Vincent Van Gogh in this movie. Try to say that a few times in a row. <laughs> Willem Dafoe is Vincent, Vincent Van, Gogh. Van Gogh. It sounds like a chant that you <laughs> say at a, at a, a sporting rally. event. Yeah. William Dafoe is Vincent, Vincent Van Gogh. Van Gogh. <laughs> like, yeah, we know. <laughs> it sounds like a rally, like you're, you're protesting something, but yeah, it's, it's a fact. Um, watch out for this movie. It's probably just going to be in independent theaters. It's probably not going to be a wide release. So, Hmm. Mine is Holmes and Watson. Mm. Um, Will Ferrell and John Riley as Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's going to be an instant classic. Really can't deny that. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just ready to see the, the brothers back again. Yeah. For being honest. That'll be funny. Um, mine's Beautiful Boy. Uh, I know it's out right now, but it's not hasn't gotten a wide release. But it's Steve Carell and Timothy Chalamet. Uh, mm. If you don't know who Timothy Chalamet is, he's played 
Um, <clears throat> just keeps Call Me By Your Name. Yes, and then he was also I love Lady him Bird. personally in Lady Bird. He he's in Interstellar as well. He is in Interstellar. Um, so yeah, I think he's he's up and coming. He's exciting. I I'm enjoying watching his. You know, um, not what do you call a discography, but for movies, filmography. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying watching his filmography grow. Um, and I think Beautiful Boy. I read an article. I think was it I sent it to you. Was it Time or was it? GQ. I think it was GQ. GQ did a interview with him and Steve Carell, and you know about why they both chose to do the role, um, to do the movie together, and it's just it'll be interesting to to see. It's about a, just a a father trying to love his kid through drug addiction, yeah. And his kid, you know, doesn't know how to escape that, you know, even though he seems to be doing the right thing. So, um, I'm excited to watch that. So. It looks really good. Yeah, it looks really good. Steve I like just seems like a dad to me. Like he'd play a really good dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Well, he does. I mean, in mm-hmm. uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Little yeah. Miss Sunshine in uh, Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah. True. Uh, that's his thing. Um, and I think in, in uh, he plays. Is it into the? What's the one with Tina Fey? On that a date? Date night. Yeah. Is he a? Is he a dad? He's in now? that. Well, yeah, but I mean, he's not playing a dad. He's just playing a husband, really. Right, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Real quick, Battle of the Sexes was one of the worst movies I've seen last year. It was so bad. He's in it, so I just wanted to get that out there. I'm at least glad that he's starting to take some more dramatic roles. You know, he's showing people. He was really good in Foxcatcher, so. Yeah, he was. I didn't love the movie, but he was. Is it Foxcatcher? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Channing too. Vice looks so good, too. Yes, it does. Yeah, I, I don't you guys know what that is? It's the Dick Cheney, uh, mm. George W. Christian Bush Bale movie. plays Dick Cheney. If you can wrap your mind <laughs> around that, dude, he Christian Bale is. Who do you like more, Christian Bale or uh, Matthew McConaughey? I like <laughs> I like Matthew McConaughey more. As okay. if we're talking, who's probably a more intense, dedicated actor? Probably Christian Bale. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's more dedicated yeah. than he is to his roles. I mean, c- they're both method actors, but he's just more versatile. He, he yeah, he's played Christian more. Christian Bale is yes, yeah. But I feel like Matthew McConaughey, if he wouldn't have done the series of rom coms that he did <sighs> starting out, that he wouldn't have as much. Yeah. Uh, Are you serious? Dude? Wow. If God was calling, would you answer? Somehow, Whoa! It's oh, it's going on my phone. That's kind of er, a- answer. It. Put her on the episode. Oh, it's Katie. Oh, dude, call her back. Call her back. She was call on the first. All right. If we're it's good, get, then we'll cut it. We're gonna get or Katie Spencer on this episode. Yeah. This. Ooh, some of you may remember. I wonder if it'll pick up on the. It should. Some of you may remember that Katie Spencer called in on episode one, and she told a story. So maybe we can get another story out of her. Yeah, we should ask her. Try it. How do I even? I don't want to hear it. Have you guys seen Gringo? Hello? No. Ugh. Hey, what's up? Hello? Katie Spencer. Katie uh, Spencer, welcome to Getting Whimsical. Welcome to Getting Whimsical. You're on the show. What's Good your question? Our first Bye. live our first live caller. <laughs> Where are you at right now? Are you talking to me? Yeah. Yeah. No, we're not recording. We're not recording. <laughs> Le- legally, we're obligated to tell you that we are. Yeah. Siri's listening. 
guys are up to and if you wanted to go to the concert tonight. What concert? The Leon Bridges concert. I pretty sure I have three extra tickets. Wait, no, two extra tickets. I would love to go to that. Leon Bridges? We can get it's free, free, right? We can get free tickets yeah. from in Memphis Arkansas too. Yeah. I'd love to You've go. You've got how many extra tickets? Yes. I've got access to two more. Whoa. Through Lewis. Let me text Lewis. Whoa. I'm absolutely in. Yeah, I'm in. I would be in if I could get a free ticket. I'm in. Yeah. If I can get a free ticket, I would for sure go. Good. Okay. Okay. Um, if, it, I'm only going if your mom's going. Now, you have to get another ticket. Aaron said he's in if you can find another ticket. but. Well, he said he might really get okay. free tickets or something. Wow. Yes, Wait, Lewis so does have tickets still. Yes, we do. We have two tickets to the gun show. <laughs> wow, I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss the uh, opening night at Staples Center. LeBron. Are you gonna be? Okay Where's this that? at? Where's the concert at? What time is the game start? Probably late. Nine thirty. Oh, what time is the concert? Nine thirty. Dear Lord. Wait, so is it you three? All like you three are going? Oh, hi, Katie. Jake's here. Jake Bennett. I don't Hello? know if you know. Have I introduced you to Jake? This is hi, Jake Katie. Bennett. Hi. Good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> or do you want to go? That's why I pointed at you. Now it feels weird if I say yes. <laughs> why? <laughs> Wait. What do you mean? I don't know. I'd go if we're hanging out. Okay. Nelson, are you in? Fine, get a free ticket. I'm in. Lewis doesn't. You're in, maybe? I'm, yeah, I'm in. Can we just please, like, after the show, go somewhere and eat? Go somewhere and eat to, like, a sports bar and I can watch the game. What time is the concert? Six. It's going to go late, though. Yeah, it's not going to get over until, like, 10, 30, 11. I can still catch second half. Okay, so who's all going? Peyton's in. Colton. Hello. Yep. <laughs> Peyton and I. Peyton and I will take hold of your tickets. Jake's got a guy. I just got them emailed to me, so I have them already. I so, can. I can technology. drive if I need to as well. If we need more, another car. At its finest. I don't know why I'm talking to the mic. <laughs> it's just a habit. It should be. I think, J- so. I think so. I think they make. I think they make cars nowadays with five seats. Well, hold up. Let me count. Okay, so wait. So it would be. So it's you, Jake, Peyton, me, and, and Jeremy. And, yeah. And right. Aaron. So we'd have six. We can do two separate cars. Someone get their mom's armada. <laughs> if we get two cars, <laughs> two swing sets. We can come back for the game. You can leave earlier. I'm so down. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm cool. I'm I'm cool. How I'm, into that were you? But we're also Wait, what ti- we're also in Rogers, so we can go to what like time a sports will Leon Bridges go bar on and like, watch the game. Yeah. He will be pro- fun. If the, if the show, doors I'll be hungry, are probably so. at six. Yeah, doors are definitely at six. Well, it's an outdoor concert. Okay. So is it at the Walmart Amphitheater? What? Is it GA? So we can't. Well, so, Jer- so so Jeremy's riding with us. We can't fit six, we, just unless the, unless um, somebody has an SUV that we yeah. can take. He's emailing him. 
just a heads up for those still listening. Um, <laughs> Leon Bridges is also in First Man. He is. Really? He yes. is in First Man. Yeah, Katie, you are live. We were live. live. You're live. You're doing a great job, by the way. Little to no latency on the call. Is your mom with you? Trish? Are you there, Trish? Katie, tell us how awkward that was when we said hi earlier. I didn't think it was awkward. Okay, good. That's... You guys fucked away and my mom was like, those boys were really nice. Oh, good. Good, because we couldn't hear three-fourths of what yeah. you're saying. I couldn't tell if you're, was he was calling Can me you Mike. Ask her where it's at? Or if the I concert. was saying... Yeah. Katie, where's the concert tonight? It's at Walmart Amphitheater? I believe so. It's Leon Bridges, it has to be. He's Leon Bridges. Maybe he's at Crystal Bridges. Leon Bridges at Crystal Bridges? Crystal Bridges. Hold on, let's make sure we have enough tickets. Wait, you said going. you have access. Will be there. Katie, Katie, you said you had access to how many tickets? Okay, perfect. Which is perfect. So we're good. Wait. So you and Jeremy, including you and Jeremy, you you guys are already covered. You have your tickets. Yeah. Okay. But I don't have to pay for anything. No, she, she's got two extra no, tickets. One for you, one for me. Perfect. Jake has but two the, tickets. But I don't have to pay for those tickets. <laughs> right, no. because they're free. <laughs> have you guys um, two swing sets? <laughs> <laughs> what do you, do you guys want to leave from here? Or do you want to meet somewhere else? Where should we meet? Uh, I Katie, I'm talking to you, Katie. Yeah, where should we meet? Are we all riding together? Yes, we will all ride together. We will well, find a way. Well, caravan We at can't least. promise that everyone that's coming to the concert will ride in the same car, though. I'm going to have to go home, because if it's outside, I'm going to need a jacket or something. So will I. Well, we're not leaving till. Dang, I should have been doing homework. <laughs> 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 One look at the watch. <laughs> Reality sets in. I know, I just have so much homework to do, but... Can't it's, beat free. It's Leon Bridges you for can't free. Beat free and I've always, and I haven't been to a concert. I've who heard, else is it? Somebody else is playing. I've heard okay, zero okay. Leon Bridges songs. He's so good. Katie's Apartment at 5. If you're listening to Get Whimsical, we're going to meet at 5 at Katie's Apartment so you guys can show up and leave. Except Caravan. the day that you'll be listening <laughs> to this will probably be tomorrow or Monday. But so. you can at least feel like you were invited. But if you want to know Katie Spencer's address, it's one one. Yeah, and yeah. her phone it's number. One, one, if you one, want to one, e-fax North her. Main. North Main Street. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Box All right. It's settled. We'll meet you at your house at five. Your favorite color is lavender. All right. All right. Bye. Are we ready to end this podcast? I guess. We better get ready. Yeah. How do we wrap it up? That's what up. were we talking about? When, I don't know. I don't know. I but mean, honestly, I'll probably just we drop just, all this. The last <laughs> thing, last thing we fun for people to listen to. The last thing we did was uh, your favorite movie, your third favorite movie, right? Uh, or no, no, Aaron's favorite. Aaron's third. Favorite hey, let's movie. just let's just do an outro. All right, let's just end it. All right. Well, I just I want to I want to start by saying you thank you other? guys for being here today. Yeah. Uh, thank Absolutely. you for coming. I think we will, without a shadow of a doubt, have you on the podcast mm. again. I yes. can't wait. Um, I already got some good options. Well, like you guys it. always got you always got good stuff to say. Good okay. thoughts. So thanks for being here. 
Uh, Aaron, you got anything left? Is this going to be a two-part? You think this will be a two-part? It part? might be a three-part. It might be a three-part. It's, it's a pretty long, long one. one and, hour per part. And <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to edit much. Okay. Um, I like the... Raw. The complete... Yeah, the organic combo that happened. So, um, this is getting whimsical. This is Aaron. This is Colton. Saying bye from Peyton and Jake. Bye. Peace. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks we for love listening. you guys. Thank you, guys. Stay whimsical. whimsical.